we've said around here a lot, a long time, we don't want to be defined by our building. That's not a motto. That's not a slogan. That's reality. You know, I'd venture to say most of you don't come here to this church because of this awesome building, right? Now, why y'all laugh? A first service laugh, too. I mean, what is the deal with that, right? I, I told John and Sherry, I said, you really can't appreciate this, but I told him this yesterday. You can't really appreciate our building unless you saw it before. You know, then you can, you can appreciate uh, how God has uh, really just helped develop it to a place that we can actually use it. But we don't want to be defined by this building. If you, if you go to a church because of the building, you wouldn't be here. You go to, church, you go to this church for a different reason. And we, we were looking at figures again this past week. You know, we're, we're trying to find space, you know, uh, more space for us. We were looking at figures this week. We got a lot of people out today, but you look around and still see the crowd that is here. We're, we're needing space right now. We were looking at figures again this week, and, and uh, 110 of you and those that come in the early service or some that are out of town or some that are sick today, 110 of our regular attenders were not going to church anywhere before coming to Church 2911. Say praise God. Praise God. It's because there's something about who we are that does that. It's not because of a building. You know, it's not because, you know, these chairs are nicer than the church down the road. It's not, it's not because, it's something about who we are. It's kind of like this thing, you know, here. You know, in case... In case you wonder, you know, I need to throw some of these things at you every once in a while, remind you why we are who we are. We got 110 people that weren't going to church before they came to 2911. Now, some of those probably were church. We know some of those were church before, and they probably had some, had some suits way back in the closet they hadn't worn since they went to church back when they were 18 years old or whatever. But most unchurched people don't have church clothes. That ought to be one of those things that makes you go, hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, that's one of the reasons we do this. But there's another reason we do this as well, because it's kind of a mental thing. It kind of helps us remember that, that what, what we do, we don't do this on Sunday morning as a show. You know, we don't want this to get in our spirit. That like We dress ourselves up on Sunday morning because we're putting our best foot forward on Sunday morning because we're going to the presence of God because we're going to His temple. No, wait a minute. We are the temple. We don't go to His temple anymore. We are His temple 24 hours a day, seven days a week, anywhere we are in this whole world. You know, so, you know, really anything that we dress this thing up with on Tuesday ought to be good enough for Sunday. And it may not be the problem is on Sunday, it may be the problem is on Tuesday. Oh, let me not preach there for just a moment, okay? But, one, but see, one of the other things is, the non-Christian that's out there that is watching your life, they need to see you display the same thing on Tuesday as you display on Sunday. Not to dress something up and say, oh, this is who I am. They need to see, and, and we're not careful, and it's not just the outside, it's the inside. We're not careful, it gets both. So we're, we're, we're a church that's not about our building. We're not about this kind of stuff. We're about that. And I don't know if you've got it yet. This is the last sermon in this series. Five weeks in, uh, five weeks in, in September, but I only had three to actually really preach. Last week I had to preach a little short one. But this thing about by the sea. It's that euphemism for your everyday places, your everyday circumstances, the things you do and the places you go, people you hang out with by the sea. Jesus wasn't looking for faith right here. We can all have faith right here. He wasn't looking for faith. He wasn't looking for obedience right here. Today we're going to talk about hunger. He's not looking to see how many of you are hungry right now for an hour and 15 minutes. 
But he's out there looking, out there by the sea. That's why I believe he spent so much time by the sea. He's out there looking by the sea to see who has faith out there, to see who has, is obedient out there, to see who is hungry for him out there. You ain't got it yet. That's what this, this sermon series is about. And my goodness, I want to preach to you about four hours because I want you to get this. So You think you can get it in 30? Y'all all, all said, amen, pastor. We can get it in 30, right? We can get it in 30. Okay, how about, how about this? Y'all make a commitment to me. Let's get this today. Let's get this today. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I love you, and I thank you, God, Lord, for amazing things that we are seeing you do. God, so many lives, God, that you are changing Right before us, God, uh, you're, you're sending families, Lord, and marriages, God, and, and Lord, and so many things that are being done. And God, and we, we rehearse these things over and over and just praise you for those things over and over. And God, God I, I, don't want ever, I don't want to ever take them for granted. I want to always thank you for that. And God, but I just ask you, please help us see, please help us get it, God. That it is not about these few moments that we have here today, not these few moments, but God, it is about what you want to do in our lives. And I pray, God, you help us get that. Take it with us as we walk out the doors today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Okay, I, 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 we need to get in this message. So let me go to the scripture. I'm going to take you to a miracle that Jesus did. And, and I, know, I, know three time, I know three times in scripture where Jesus did, or God did something twice. Uh, once in the Old Testament, a couple times in the New Testament, where he did the same thing twice. I mean, he's not real repetitive, but, you know, but I know a few things. This is one of those. Jesus fed 5,000 families with a little boy's lunch, and then not long after that, he fed 4,000 with another little small amount of food. And, and we know these are two different situations because Matthew records them just a chapter apart. And so we know there, there are two different times that Jesus did that. So I want to take you to one of them, take you to the one where he fed the 5,000 in Matthew chapter 14, beginning verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. I got to, I got to throw this in. This is not, it really doesn't fit in this sermon series, but I don't know if I'm going to be here for a while. So let me, while we're here in this moment, let me throw something at you that's kind of a little side note, okay? When he heard that this had happened, what? John the Baptist. He had heard something about John the Baptist. Remember who John the Baptist was? He was the forerunner of Christ. He came before Jesus. He said he was preparing the way. And he said, I've come to baptize you in water, but there's one coming after me, Jesus Christ, who is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You remember we were singing the song a moment ago? Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. That's what John the Baptist said was going to happen. He said, Jesus is coming to set a fire in your soul that you're not going to be able to contain. And control. This forerunner that had gone out and he was preaching. And he was, he was preaching the right stuff. I mean, he, was, you know, he wasn't holding back because, oh, let me not make them mad because they're the biggest tithers in the church. You know, let me not. No, he, was, he, did, he didn't care. He didn't have a church. He was out in the wilderness. You know, he, he didn't care. He, he said what God said, John the Baptist said. Didn't change it up. And because of that, he was more than just under some persecution. He had his head taken off his shoulders. He was beheaded, and that's what Jesus is hearing about. And here, you know, in the United States of America, I mean, we, we look around, we see, oh, man, we're persecuted as Christians, you know, and we can't, we can't speak up. Everybody else can speak up. I've said that, and it, it does seem that way. Everybody else can say what they want to say, but, man, you let a Christian start saying something about God, and all of a sudden, you know, you got people wanting to boycott Chick-fil-A, or now it's Hobby Lobby. You know, next, next month it'll be something else. And we say, oh, all this persecution we're under. We're not under persecution. Not, not like, this man, his, his head was taken off of his shoulders. Why? Because he told a ruler, you're living in sin. Because he stood for what God stood for, and his head was taken off of his shoulders. We need to stand for something. We need to stand for something. 
When Jesus and his disciples heard this, oh, John the Baptist has died. Some of Jesus' disciples were also disciples of John the Baptist before Jesus started his ministry. This was this was a bothersome, this was a, a horrible thing to them. This was, this, was, this was something that brought their spirits down. And Jesus said, well, let me get my boys out of here. We, we, we got to go get some rest. And so that's what they did. Is they got in a boat and they went to a solitary place. But hearing of this, the crowds followed Jesus on foot from the towns. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd where he landed there by the sea, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. And as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Not in Jack's and McDonald's and anything out here. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have, the disciples said, We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus said, Bring them here to me. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up ahead, gave thanks, broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. Hungry by the sea. This is what they were. This, This is who they were. They were hungry by the sea. Can I tell you something? This is awesome what we've got here today. I mean, standing here and listen, I I, kind of asked Britt and said, man, if you can help me, set me up a little bit here because, man, I want to go back to that song. He did, man, an awesome little pre-sermon sermonette down here. Talking about that song, about about the great I am. I mean, weren't you about ready to throw the doors open? That devil that's been beating you up all week long, weren't you about ready to just run out the door and and say, wait a minute, let me me tell you, I serve the great I am. I mean, didn't it just excite you? Man, this is awesome. Or, or, Or you were struggling with something this past week. And you know, and then you come in here and we start singing, and all of a sudden there's just a peace that comes over you. Anybody besides me had that happen? Oh man, a peace comes over you, and you just say, can, can, can I just live here? I mean, you know, almost like that second song, I, there's no place I'd rather be than this. But the thing about it is, it's not this, like inside this building, it's this in His Spirit, in His presence, it's in His love. And you can have that every single day that you live. It's not just for this hour and 15 minutes. It is, this is awesome, though, isn't it? I mean, some of you have been struggling. You've had battles. You've had attacks. Somebody told me before the first service, don't you start trying to figure out who it was. They said, man, I've been grouchy all week. I just, would you pray for me, Pastor, that I quit being so grouchy? Some of you have been grouchy probably this week, you know, and some of you spouses want to say amen, don't you? You've been grouchy this week or whatever, but you come in here, and you know, the joy of the Lord fills the place, and you say, oh, man, I needed this joy this week. Or some of you are sitting here, maybe not just today, but how many times has it happened? You've had, a, a, you've had a decision to make. You've had something that you had to, you had to deal with. And, and then God just speaks something in the middle of a song or the middle of, uh, of a devotion or a prayer or the sermon. And it's a boom, there it is. And God gives you wisdom, guidance, and direction. And you say, man, this is awesome. I wish I could have this all week. Guess what? You can. You know, and as good as this is today, can I tell you something? It's better when it's by the sea. This is awesome. This is awesome when it happens right here. It is even more awesome when it happens by the sea. I mean, this is awesome what we see around. But when we get out there, and God's not just using the pastor, but he's using you. 
to bring words of life into somebody's life, to bring words of life into somebody's darkness, to, to help somebody see a way out of, their, out of their dilemma or to answer their need, their question, or to bring them a miracle into their life. Oh, man, it gets even more awesome. And we were talking at the Bass Tournament a couple of weeks ago. We raised $1,200 for a disaster relief, which was an awesome Bass Tournament. Uh, yeah, praise God for that. Uh, it was, it was, okay, okay, you can go ahead and do that real quick. All right, that was 10 more seconds I get at the end of this message. All right. But we were talking about how we were eating hot dogs. You know how, man, that hot dog tasted great. Well, any different than the hot dog I eat at home, but, you know, there's something about it. It's always better. We used to say when I was a kid, always better at the river. And I don't know why, but you grill a, ha- a hot dog, a hamburger, you know, we fry fish, and it's always better down by the water. It's better by the sea. Let me tell you, it's better by the sea. Because this is just us. This is just right here. This is just this hour and 15 minutes. But when it begins happening out there, man, when, you're, when, you're, when your world starts coming together, not just your hour and 15 minutes for Sunday morning, but when your world starts coming together and starts fitting and starts making sense and miracles start happening, oh, man, it is even better down by the seashore. That's what I want to encourage you today. This is a good place to be. I love the fact that we begin our week with worship. Now, we didn't decide to do that. We didn't come up with that one, okay? But, you know, pretty much all the Christian world does that. It's, it's, we start our worship on the first day. I'm, man, I'm glad we don't start. Aren't you glad we don't start, we don't have worship on Tuesday afternoon? I mean, some of you, y'all, y'all already lose your salvation for then. I mean, Mondays are hard, aren't they? Come on, Mondays are hard. Sometimes Mondays are hard. Thank God we, have, we begin our week with worship. But you need to understand, this is the beginning this is not, and you know, we talk about, you know, coming and, and getting refilled and recharged and all that. But here's, here's the problem. Sometimes when we say those things, we're not careful. You know what we'll do? We'll get the attitude that we're going to load up. We're going to eat about 20 meals today, right now. Let's get everything we can. Load up and eat 20 meals right now so that we can live on them the rest of the week. That's not what we're talking about when we say get a refilling. What we're saying is we need to get recharged. You probably, most of you, I mean, 110 of our congregation was not going to church before they came here, you probably, most every one of you probably started your faith right here. And I don't mean in this building, but even though some of, some of it was, but right here in the church. You started it in a, a weekend worship service. You started in this kind of a thing. You started that way. But that's not where it's lived out. That's not where it's tested. That's not where it becomes true. That's not where it, it brings about miracles in your life. Same thing with obedience. You know, some of us, we kind of negotiated with God in our relationship, right? God, you know, I need this out of my life, and God, I promise you I'll do this. If you'll do that, you ever negotiated with God? You know, I, I've, I've done a lot of negotiations, come out on the wrong end a lot of times. I've never negotiated with God and come out on the wrong end. And we tell God, I want to do this, I want to do this for you. God, help me do this, help me be that, and whatever. And we make that confession, uh, like uh, Britton was saying just a few moments ago, we make that confession... Now let's hold fast that confession because it's not here that we prove the confession. It's out there by the sea that we prove that confession. It's out there where we prove the obedience to the confession that we make of who he is and what we promise to do for you, oh God, by the sea. But it's also the hunger. Jesus is not looking for hunger for an hour and 15 minutes. He's not looking for hunger on Sunday morning. We're all hungry. I mean, you're all eating right now because you're listening. Anybody asleep? I don't see anybody. Everybody's eating right now. So everybody's somewhat hungry. But this isn't the place. It's out there where your hunger 
is going to bring about your miracle. You see, I'm not telling you, you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to. I'm telling you, you're blowing it Monday through Saturday because you're not having your faith out there. You're not being obedient out there because you're not hungry out there. You need to take this hour and 15 minutes and put it in every single, every single day of your life, every single moment that you breathe. For some of you did not get what you needed this past week and you wonder, why God, why didn't you show up? And he says, what were you hungry? What were you hungry for? Your need, your answer, your solution? Or were you hungry for him? He is by the seashore looking for people who are hungry for more. And when I get to the seashore, I don't know about you, but when I get to the seashore, I get hungry for seafood. My mom and dad were supposed to be at the, at the beach this past week, and they didn't get to go. Somebody in the family got sick, her sister got sick, they didn't get to go. But I was already thinking about asking them to bring me back some seafood. There's a place down there, the steamer, that's got these big old huge crab legs. And I was thinking about bringing me, asking for a care package on the way now. Now see, that's kind of, if, I were, if I were with them in this story that we were reading just a few moments ago, you know, me and David, we're standing there, you know, and Jesus is speaking and all that. You know what I'm saying? Now, 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 David, look, we're down here by the seashore. When Jesus gets finished, when, when, we say, when church is over here in a few moments, we got to get some fresh seafood to take home. You know, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's who I am, okay? I am that way. I, I'm thinking about that when I'm down by the seashore, you know. But they were hungry for something more than that. They were hungry for something deeper than that. Let me, let me show you this. So when they went by themselves in a the boat in a solitary place, many who saw them leaving recognized them, ran on foot from all, all the towns and got there ahead of them. Do you, you see what happened here? You know how they ended up so hungry that day? How in the world did all these people show up and nobody have any lunch? One boy had a lunch. Nobody else had a lunch. You know why? Because they were so hungry for Jesus, they forgot about lunch. Mm. And they, it said they ran on foot. When they saw Jesus get in a boat and he was going over to a secluded place way down there, he's going, he got in a boat and he went down. They took off running and they were following his ship and they got where he was going before he got there. He, did you get that? They got where he was going before he got there. And I've got this picture of, of probably most all of our lives that Jesus, here's the place where Jesus is trying to get you to because this is the place where you're going to be fulfilled. This is the place where you're going to be strong. This is the place of your miracle and all that. And he's standing here. And he said, come on. Come on. Y'all have any kids like that? You know, you got that one kid that you can yell across the room and they ain't coming. And uh, I think a lot of us are like that. And Jesus said, Come on, come here, right here. Come on. You know, and he leans every once in a while, come on. And he can't get us there, and he can't get us there. What an amazing thing that there's some people that are so hungry for God, they start looking where he's going, not where he's been, and say, I got to get there because that's the place of my miracle. And that's, they were so hungry, they ran on foot, and they forgot about getting changed for lunch. They forgot about packing a lunch because Jesus is leaving. This that he has been feeding me is so awesome. i got to have some more. And I, can't st- I can't miss him. If I run inside, I'll lose sight of where he- Come on, somebody. If I go back inside to make a lunch and prepare for, prepare for this, I'm going to lose sight of him. I'm not going to be where he's going, and I'm going to miss the next awesome thing that he does in my life. And that's how hungry they were. Two things create hunger. One is lack. Duh, right? You, you, you don't have anything in your belly. What happens? You get hungry, right? And every one of us, every person in this world, lacks what Jesus is offering. The problem is a lot of us don't know it. 
You know why? Because we fill it with other things. The second thing that creates hunger is appetite. Is that the same thing? No. I'm talking about appetite for a thing. When I'm, when I'm to the sea, when I'm by the sea, I want seafood. But I have been, for the past few weeks, I have been on a buffalo chicken kick. I just want buffalo chicken. You know, I want buffalo chicken. I don't know why, but I'm, I've just, I've got an appetite right now for buffalo chicken. You know, I want to go to Logan's. I love those little hot chicks things on the bun. You know, the little, I love those. Also, you got to get, you got to try the sweet potato fries loaded. They put the marshmallows on it, melt them right there on top. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to lose some of you. Y'all just waiting on me to close my eyes so you can slip out. Now, I got to get some. I mean, you get an appetite for something. But you know what? If you say, hey, let's go somewhere else first. And then I fill myself up with something else, and I can go to Logan's, and I don't want a hot chick anymore because I have satisfied my appetite with something else. The reason a lot of us no longer lack or feel the lack or the hunger is because we feel all, all of our moments and all of our days we fill with something other than Him. And we satisfy that appetite with other things, and then in five or ten minutes, kind of like Chinese food, you know, in ten minutes you're hungry again, you know? Why? Because you didn't eat that what satisfies. Don't feed your appetite for God with something else. Do you ever hear that inner voice when you think, ah, it's getting late, but I think I'll watch one more show on TV before I go. Do you ever hear that inner voice say, why don't you turn it off and just let me talk to you for a little while? Uh, You know, I... I ain't got anything to do this afternoon. I think, I, you know, I think I'll run to somewhere and go do something with somebody. You ever hear that voice say, why don't you settle down for a moment and let me and you have some time? Driving down the road, do you ever hear that inner voice say, why don't you turn off the radio for a moment and let me speak to you? Maybe, you, maybe you've been ignoring that for a while. That's why I'm throwing it back out because I hope you hear that voice again. I pray right now, God, in Jesus' name, let them hear that voice again. And stop because you keep listening to Paul Feinbaum, Rush Limbaugh, whoever your favorite is, whatever it is. You keep listening. You are satisfying that appetite for God with something else. And that's why it's not there. So let me tell you. you know, here, 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 here's the, the hunger for something more. Boy, I got to really, really hurry right here. Uh, the other time when Jesus did it, we fed 4,000, they had been with him for three days. Three days, count it up. That's like we got here on Friday and we're still here on Sunday. That's like you've been sitting here for three days. I know, I ain't that good a speaker. Nobody's going to sit here and listen to me. But Jesus, what Jesus pours in, when you start eating, when you start really getting what he is pouring in, you say, man, I can't leave this. But, but later in this story, the one we were already in, uh, the feeding of the 5,000. This is in Mark chapter 6. It says, by that time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, they said, and it's getting very late. It's already very late. Send the people away. Why did they say send the people away to get food? Why did they say send the people away? Because they were still there. They had been there and been there and been there, and they were still there. And the disciples said, Jesus, would you say, we're tired, Jesus. Our hearts are broken because we just heard John the Baptist's head has been taken off his shoulders, and these people... They won't go home. They're like those people in your small group that at 11 o'clock you're wanting to go to bed and they won't go home. <laughs> you know? I'm that way. I mean, I'm not the only person that has a key to this building. 
I don't have to stay and lock up, but I am one of the last to leave. I love this, what we got going on. I, I, don't, I, I can't recall times that I really try to shoot people out the door at my house. I love this. And, you know, when you start eating of the fellowship of one another and you start eating of the goodness of who God is, it'll get in you and you, you'll say, I want more of this and more. And they said, Jesus, send them home. They won't go home. It's late. And they're hungry for something more. They're hungry for something more than an hour and 15 minutes. They're hungry for something more than just lunch today. We're going to go a little past 12. It's not a surprise to anybody that's been here before. We start at 11. Okay, we go past 12. You might get a hunger pain or two. You want me to stop right now or are you hungry for something just a little bit more? Because here's the thing is I don't want to, I'm not telling you you got it, you got it, you got it. I'm telling you you're missing it. As your pastor, I'm, I want you to get this so much because I want, you, I, want you to, I want you to start experiencing all the bounty of God, the miracles of God, the wonder of God, and not for an hour and 15 minutes, but 24-7 out there. Because when you get hungry for God 24-7, there is so much more that happens in your life. Let me show it to you. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. You know what the first thing was they got? They got what they came for. They, they came to hear his words. What did he give them? He gave them his words. He taught them many things. You get hungry for God, you are going to receive what you need. He never disappoints. He feeds you every time you show up. Some of, you needed, some of you needed something this week and it didn't show up. Were you hungry for him? Or were you hungry for the need? Oh, get hungry for him. You, you're going to get more than this. It starts right here. He gives you what you come for. If you come here today and say, I've got to have something to help me get through this week, you get that. The problem is that's all some of you get. And you say, just, I just need enough to get through the week because I'm not planning on reading my Bible Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So I need a lot, come on preacher, give me a lot here today because I got a whole lot I got, I got to get through today. So I'm, I'm eating everything I can this hour in 15 minutes. You get what you come for. Is that all you came for? You came for get by? You came for get by? Is that what you came for? Just to get by? Oh, you see, that's, that's what your pastor's saying, man. I want to see you do more than get by. Your parents didn't raise you to get by, did they? Didn't they dream more? Guess what about your, your heavenly father? Jesus Christ did not die on a cross so that you could get by. He did not die on a cross so that you could have an awesome hour and 15 minutes with him every week, once a week. He died on the cross so that you could have life and life more abundantly, 24-7. Do you know what else they got? They got wisdom. They got direction. That scripture said he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. So you know what he did? What did he do? He started guiding them. They needed guidance. He gave them direction. People were sitting there and, and people that had problems. And he said, boom. And then he was saying things. And man, it was just, it was a wow. I never thought about it that way, Jesus. And they got direction for their life. He was saying, now this week, some of you are going to be going into so and so and so and so. Like I say sometimes, you know, that's just God speaking. And, and, and he says, here's, what, here's how you need to handle that. And they were like, wow, I never thought about it. They were getting direction and wisdom because they came hungry for him. But also, third thing, they all ate and were satisfied. They all ate and were satisfied. 
5,000 families were there. And because they came and they were hungry, everybody ate. Everybody ate. You, you under, I, don't, I don't know if you're getting this yet or not. Everybody ate. There were some kids in that crowd. Everybody ate. There were some 10-year-olds probably didn't want to be there all day long. But the 10-year-olds still got to eat because mom and dad were hungry. Are you getting this? You under, some of you, you need to take this as a promise to you. You need, you need to say, Pastor, go ahead and prophesy over my family right now. You need, some of you need to get ready and you need to take this as a prophecy over your family. And you got somebody in your family that needs spiritual nourishment. They need God to change their situation in their life. You may give you a, let me give you a solution. You get hungry for God and see if God doesn't feed them all. That's what he did there because the family was hungry for God. Everybody ate. God fed everybody that was there. Man, somebody needs to say, that's mine. That's, this week I'm going to be hungry for God and I'm going to believe he's about to start feeding even those that don't want to be fed. He's going to start feeding those that have filled their appetites with everything else. I'm, some of you need to get that. But let me take this another step. Let me, I, I like to look at this real practical too as well. Just think about 5,000 families. I think there was anybody there that didn't have breakfast that morning because they didn't have breakfast to eat? Didn't have anything to eat? Out of 5,000 families, you think there might have been somebody like that? You think out of 5,000 families there was somebody that was going home to an empty cupboard? That if Jesus didn't say, let's feed them right now, they were going to go to bed hungry? That there were kids that didn't have anything to eat? They were going to go to bed hungry if Jesus didn't feed them? Do you think there was anybody in that crowd that needed a better job? think there was anybody in that crowd with financial problems? 5,000 families, you think there was anybody there that did not have a job at all? That was long-term unemployed like several men in our church have been? You think there was anybody like that? Let me tell you what. Because they came hungry for Jesus, everybody got fed. Not because they figured out how to tell Jesus what their problems were in a greater level. Not because they had started a new prayer chain this week and it worked out. Because they came hungry for God. Because they came hungry for Him here. He also fed them here. Your solution is to get Hungry for him and watch him start feeding you in every place of your life. Uh, fourthly, when the crowds learned where Jesus was going, they followed him. He welcomed them. This is early in the story. But I just want to take you back to something. He said, and he spoke to them the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. I went and looked at the Greek because I wanted to make sure how it was worded right there. And I know this is probably going to seem like, well, that's no big deal, Pastor. It says, he cured those who had need of healing. Those who had need. I want to make sure it didn't say he cured those that were sick. Sounds like the same thing, doesn't it? I don't know, there's something different about the phrase, phrase here. There's something different about the terminology in saying he healed everybody that was sick or he healed everybody that had need of healing. Same crowd, right? I mean, same crowd. It doesn't change anything about who got healed. It changes something about the why, though. Because they came hungry, he ministered to those who had need. Those who had need of, of, because of sickness, he ministered to those. Those who were hungry, he ministered to those. Those who needed wisdom and direction, he ministered to those. Because they came hungry, he, oh, I'm, I'm so glad. That's, what, that's the phrase that's there. He, he, he did it for those that had need. Is there anybody that has need today? Understand, it's not because you're sicker than everybody else. Everybody that has need. You got a need? What, what is your need? If you have need. How many of you have, now listen to the question really good. 
Don't answer too quick. How many of you have a miracle that you need God to do, or, or you, you need answer or, or wisdom, direction? You need God to do something in this hour and 15 minutes, that that's when you need your miracle. Okay, I'm glad you, you did get me on that. How many of you need something all week long? How many of you need something when you wake up tomorrow morning and when you go to bed every single day this week? When you pay bills? When you go to the mailbox? When you sit and try to work out that situation? When you go for that job interview? You see, our needs aren't here in this hour and 15 minutes. And so when we make our, our, our religion and our Christianity and our relationship with God about this hour and 15 minutes, we're blowing it. And we're not blowing it for anybody else. We're blowing it for us and our families. But we're blowing it for us. It's about more than that because God is not just a healer for an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, somebody help me. Did some, some good old-fashioned preaching right here in just a minute. He's a healer 24-7. He's a financial counselor. 24-7. He's a marriage therapist, 24-7. He's a drug and alcohol rehab specialist, 24-7. He is a child psychologist, 24-7. So whatever it is that you need tomorrow, he is going to be there with. But if your, your relationship and your faith and your obedience and your hunger is all about this hour and 15 minutes, he's not going to be there for you because he's down by the sea. He's down out, out there in that place that you go every single day looking for somebody that's got faith that maybe it started right here, and maybe it's renewed right here, but it has lived out there. Maybe he's looking for obedience that maybe began right here. Maybe, maybe it was promised right here, but it has lived out there. He's looking for somebody that doesn't get their appetite satisfied with an hour and 15 minutes, but they wake up every single day of the week and say, God, I want more of you. Set a fire down in my soul that I cannot contain, that I cannot control. I want more of you, God, on Monday. I want more of you, God, on Tuesday. I want more of you God on Wednesday. I want more of you God on Thursday. I want more of you God on Friday. Is there anybody that can say even when the football game is on come on somebody. You better help me preach or I'll stop here and I'll preach a while. I want more of you God even on Saturday when the football game is on. I've got to have more of you. The solution is in a hunger for him 24-7. Last thing. Miracles. When he saw the, saw this, people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. They were amazed because they saw it. Now, not everybody was blind, so everybody didn't need to get their sight restored. Not everybody was sick, they didn't need to get healed. But those that did got it, and everybody else witnessed it. Let me tell you, there, there, there are a lot of preachers that they like to see the miracles right here, right now. Lay hands on people, see them heal right. Let me tell you something. I've seen a lot of miracles, but very few of them have happened right here. Most of them have happened right out there, out by the sea, where you live, work, where you go to school. And there is nothing more exciting to a pastor. There is nothing that rekindles that fire in my soul to have you listen to this word. Go out there and live what God is speaking through me. If there's something I've said, throw it away. If you know this is from God, take it off. To hear what God is saying through me to you, get out there and live it. And show back up next, next Sunday and say, Pastor, 
Let me tell you about the miracle that happened in my life by the sea this weekend. That's what a pastor does. I don't want you to depend on me. You've got to understand. Maybe you don't know this about 2911. We are not a church that says, hey, show up on Sunday. Be here every Sunday because we're going to fix your problems. For an hour, in our 15 minutes, we're going to get them all handled. That's not who we are. We ain't that great. But we know a God that we want to help you connect with. We want, you, we want to instruct you and help you and explain to you and help you get the, the tools you need and the understanding you need so that 24-7 you can connect with that healer, that marriage counselor, that child psychologist. psychologist. That's, that's who we are is 2911. We want to help you grow so that you can do it. I want to hear that. I, w- I want you to come tell me the miracle that happened. Oh, and here's even the greater one, and this is happening around here, is for you to call me and say, Pastor, you know that sermon you preached Sunday? I got to preach it to somebody over lunch today, and they're going to be at church Sunday. Wow. Salvation by the sea. Miracles by the sea. How many of you want them? Get hungry for God. Come on, let's come to the front. Let's close this. Got one last thing for you. A golden oldie this morning. Closing point. I hope it's golden. I know it's an oldie. I hope it's golden. Come on, press on in. Let's get everybody out of the aisle if we can. Prayer team members are getting ready. And if you listen real shallow, you probably thought I said, look, you don't need this, you need it out there. No, 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 no. This is where it starts. If you need to start something new this week, you need a new hunger for God, come down here, get one of these prayer team members, say, I've got to take this hunger to my school. I've got to take this hunger to my house. I've got to take this hunger to my place of business. I've got to take this hunger to my community, wherever. And start it right here and have them praying with you. One last thing. If you don't get hungry, there's going to be all kinds of miracles laying out there on the ground, rotting away this week. They were this past week. If you didn't get yours, it's, it's out there rotting on the ground. Prove it to you right here. Last scripture. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, distributed them to the people. Same part, of, little part of the end of the story, but I want you to see this. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as, they ate as much as, they wanted. That's a sad thing to me because here's the picture I get. Jesus is here. He's got the loaves and fish and he's breaking them and he's breaking it in. You know, he's multiplying them and it's growing, it's growing. He fills up a basket. He hands it to Simon. Fills up a basket. He hands it to Andrew. Fills up a basket. Hands it to Philip. The one to Thomas. One to Nathaniel. You know, and over and over and over. Going through. And, 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 and you know, they're distributed. There's 5,000 families out there. I mean, man, he's, he's moving trying to get everybody fed. And by the time the last person says, oh, that's too much, I've had enough. By the time they find out, you know, there's no time to say, Jesus, slow down, slow down. You know, no time to do that. Jesus has already, he's already made, they take up the fragments, he's already made 12 more baskets than people want. Are you getting this? He has already provided the bite nobody wants. This past week he did it. He provided the miracle for you that you weren't hungry enough to get. Don't let that happen this week. Get hungry for God. 
Don't let a one of your miracles ever rot on the ground ever again. Don't let it lay out there. Make up your mind. You know, that's a sad thing, but that's an awesome thing too. Because everybody ate how much? As much as they wanted. How much do you want? Any big dreamers around here? Is there anybody that can imagine big, huge things? Oh, remember, I like to quote that scripture. Able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And I can ask and think for a whole lot of stuff. He's able to do better than that. How much do you want this week? You need a miracle? Make up your mind right now. Make up your mind. Close your eyes with me. Bow. Let's pray. You can go ahead and move to the prayer team members if you want to. I want to start this prayer. Jamie, go ahead. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. Don't start singing until you finish praying. However long that is for you.